Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So we're going to dive right in. If you brought your Bibles with you, hold them up. Let me know you got it. Hold up the word of God and your sword's no good to you if you're sitting on it, right? Or sitting on the shelf. Um, Thy word is a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And reveals things inside of us, things maybe we like, maybe things we don't like, things that we need to work on. And praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit that uh, convicts us and speaks to us in a loving way and calls us to more. Someone say more. The word that the Lord gave me is 2024 is going to be the year of more. More blessings, more breakthroughs, and yes, more battles. Uh, Rick and I were talking um, just the other day, and everyone loves the blessing. Everyone likes the breakthrough, but nobody seems to like the battles. (laughs) But you can't have victory without a battle. So the title of the message is, Am I Too Stressed to Be Blessed? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) am I too stressed to be blessed? We're entering in, yes, again, into another seasons of battles and and breakthroughs and blessings. And, and sometimes we get distracted or we get hung up on the anxiety and we miss God's anointing. I'll say it again. Sometimes we get hung up on the anxiety and we miss God's anointing. You know, what we focus on is what we give power to. What are the things that you're leaning on? Thank you, Lord, for your word. It's not in my notes, but Philippians 4, 6 to 9 says, be anxious about what? Some things? Nothing! How's it working out for you? <laughs> Not so good? We'll keep going. Everything through prayer and thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. Whatever is godly, loving, true, noble. Meditate on these things. And then someone say, and then. And then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ. There's a process. I encouraged a brother this week too, you know, that was battling with some anxiety. And thank you for reaching out to me. I'm always honored when my brothers reach out to me and I can Go to the word with them. I can pray with them and I can encourage and build them up. First Thessalonians 5.11. And so I said, isn't that great that you know that, that, that your, you might call it your check engine light or your fuel light just came on and it's just telling you it's time to pray. God wants to spend some time with you. Again, what we perceive is what we receive. So maybe anxiety isn't a setback, but a setup to remind us that, hey, I need God. I need to talk to God. I need to listen to God. I need to spend time with God. I need to meditate on the things that I got, my beautiful wife. Come on, my healthy kids, let's go, that are involved and plugged into the church, that love the Lord. Come on. What could you focus on? You know, that you have a roof over your head. You know, maybe you got gas to put in your car. Maybe you still got some food in the cupboard, but whatever it is, whatever is godly, loving, and true, meditate on these things. I think we give too much attention to the anxiety and not enough to the anointing that's on our life. And the thing is, we misdiagnose and we mistreat God's plans and purposes for our lives. That's what happens. It's a constant battle. It's a constant reminder that every day is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a constant reminder that how to pray, how, is, how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, to honor God first. Our Father who art in heaven, holy be your name, not holy be the name of the things that aren't working in my life. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He also walks us through the process of get ready to forgive, get ready to receive forgiveness in your, in your life and be ready to forgive, to give it 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who uh, guaranteed will trespass against you. (laughs) And praise the Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need deliverance every day, do we not? Yeah. In the end, whether we choose anxiety or we choose God's anointing, it comes down to choice. Say choice. God has given us the freedom to make decisions that will ultimately affect our direction in life. What we say yes to and what we say no to can have an effect on the amount of anxiety or the amount of anointing in which we are operating in. We must put our faith through the filter and focus on our heavenly father. As we're saying again, put your faith through the filter and focus on your heavenly father, because then you will be able to test and approve what God's good and perfect will is if you don't conform yourself to the patterns of this world, but are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, one to two. How will the commitments that I'm about to make have an effect on his bride and have an effect on the church? I don't know if I put that in your notes, but it's worth writing down. If you're going to say yes or no to anything this season, I hope you say yes to Jesus. I hope you say yes to his bride. I hope you say yes to his church because not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. For those of us that are blessed to be married or wish to be married or are about to be married, we got two coaches in the house that are about to be married. Coach Darcy, Coach Dalton, or, or sorry, 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 Coach Darcy, Coach DJ, too many D's in this house. You ever get your kids' names mixed up? Okay, what happens to me all the time. For those of us that, 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 that have a wife or one day man in the front will want to have a wife, and blessed to be married, we understand about how much our wife means to us. If anyone were to harm her, hurt her, or mistreat her, you can bet there's going to be more than just a few words. Some of us might even have the laying of hands, praise Lord. (laughs) And I want to challenge you on this season as you look at how the decisions are about that you're about to make can affect the health and the growth of the body of Christ, the bride. And this includes your brothers and sisters. So let's dive into Matthew 5. We're going to go through the whole chapter. There's a whole lot of meat there. So don't think you're going to be able to digest this in one hour. Take it, chew on it, share it with others, work it. You know, protein's not good for your body unless you go and actually exercise and get moving. Faith without works is dead. We're not here to just fill our stomachs, right? We got to use that protein, that meat that the Lord's going to give us this week. And guess what? There's going to be a challenge. There's going to be an opportunity, much like we had this morning already. Good stuff. I want to start with verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. First point, blessed to be insulted. (laughs) Oh, I'm so blessed to be insulted. According to God's word, I am. Sure takes a shift and a turn on things, hey? Man, I'm blessed to be insulted. If I've learned anything in ministry... (laughs) It's that being a follower of Jesus puts a target on your back for the enemy. And I like to say the ba- your back because he's a backstabber. He's a coward. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's going to come at you, but usually he won't even face you face to face, right? Because he knows the God that is inside of you. Come on. But there is a target on all of us, right? 
And I was shocked to learn it was actually Pastor Morris that first started to tell me the stories when I came into full-time ministry of how people would, would talk to him as a pastor. And the stuff that you don't hear that goes on behind the scenes of our leaders. I'm sure you can think of in your own life as a spiritual leader of the household, how many things uh, have come at you. And remember, we're not at war against flesh, flesh and blood, but against principalities in the spirit. But sometimes it comes out in the natural. It comes out of people's mouths. And you got to recognize that's not of God. That's not my brother. That's not my sister. You know, I've been put down. I've been criticized. I've been falsely accused. I've been yelled at. I've been spat at. I've even had my life threatened on more than one occasion. The worst is when it comes from people that you love and that you serve with, that you've sacrificed your life for. And I know that none of us are exempt when we start to lay down our lives for the church and for the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5.25 says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. I'm not sure if you've ever had a dispute with your wife. Probably not. None of you have ever argued with your wife, right? You're always in agreement. You're always one. <laughs> yeah, but let's just say you did. And maybe, <laughs> maybe for a moment you didn't agree. And hopefully your life wasn't threatened, but don't put your hand up if it was. But if it happened to Jesus... Although he healed, saved, and came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And the, and the church, his bride, crucified him. Jesus said in John 15, verse 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Just like in our relationship with our spouse, our friends, and even our church, we should always come back to the place of forgiveness love, and unity. Are you with me? Okay, good. Verse 12, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Come on, rejoice because you're getting persecuted. <laughs> True story. Some of you men were here today. We've been having this battle, spiritual battle uh, with a gentleman next door. Yeah, <laughs> we're ready to get laughter in the house because some of you are on the patio today. I'm telling you what, we are doing everything possible to love our neighbor. We shut the bass off in the morning. Uh, Darcy's playing with it, with the light brushes on the drums when he practices. And by law, we can worship the Lord freely by law, and we can do it up to 90 decibels of, of the parking lot perimeter. <laughs> we don't even push 90 decibels in house. We've had the bylaw outside, but we still love our neighbor. We're still with the men when he comes in, usually offer him coffee, but not today. Today he came in and he ripped the door off the front of the church. But we love him and we say, oh, blessed are we. <laughs> I think one day we will have a good laugh about it if you're not laughing already. And I believe that our brother will be in this house. I've seen many. We hear story after story about men that have said, I can't come to that church. Uh, Pastor Rudy had it today in the gym when he invited somebody. He says, I'm pretty much the devil. If I come into that church, the whole place is lighting on fire. And I just laugh and laugh because I've heard it time and time again. And those are usually the easiest guys to get. The ones that think they're so, they're so far from God 
They would not be accepted. They believe that they know that their very life would be at stake if they step into, into church, but they'll be smitten by God or hit by lightning. But when they come in and they receive the grace and the love of God that comes from the brothers in the house, Come on, the gospel and the good news. And they are so shocked and set apart that someone, a God, could give up his one and only son, that Jesus Christ would lay down his life for us that are nothing more than filthy, sinful rags. But love us that much that would call us and pick us up and bring us to a higher calling. Blessed to be insulted. (laughs) So next time you battle with insults, remind yourself that you are blessed. And you know what? There's always a bigger picture. I'm going to tell you this. He was mad before he even met you. He was mad before the music went up. That's not the, I'm telling you, worship music is not the problem. (laughs) We know that. They were mad before they met you. And a lot, we know a lot of men act out in anger when really it's insecurity, it's fear. So we don't know how to handle it. It's either fight or flight, right? It doesn't have to be that way. We can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and at the right time, he'll lift us up. But pride comes before the fall. Humility before honor. Blessed to be insulted. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Verse 13, you are the salt. Say, I'm the salt. Mm -hmm. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Okay, it's a little play on words. Hang, Hang in there with me. Insult or insult and light. Insult or insult and light. You know, next time you're insulted, think about being in salt and light. Think about, I am the salt. I have the light of the world in me. Whoever has the light will not walk in darkness. Don't lose your saltiness. Before we ask what to do, we always um, must know who we are. Say, I'm salt. Come on. Remember the who comes before the do. And you are the salt of the earth. You weren't just made to be trampled on. You were made to bring out the flavor of faith in people's life. When you walk into a room, does it light up because you're there, because Christ is there? Do you add flavor into a not-so-good situation or a dull moment? Is the joy of the Lord your strength, yes or no? Do you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and through you? Yes or no? Well, then you've got it. You've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and oh, Jesus, help me self-control. Right? Not on my own. Not by my strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You were made to make the world better, not bitter. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, let your conversation always say always. Always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. You know how it says always there? You might want to highlight that. Not when it's convenient, not sometimes. Always. Make your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. 
Again, I did a message not that long ago. It's not what you said, but it's how you delivered it. Come on. You know, maybe the package was true, but it's how you delivered that truth. Truth and grace. Jesus was both. Spirit and truth. Right? How you deliver it. You you know, you might have heard a woman say this before. It's not what you said, but how you said it. (laughs) But there are the ingredients right there. The ingredients to overcoming insult. Our conversations must always be full of grace and seasoned with salt. I think if we were to respond to every insult with grace and salt, we wouldn't get trapped in anger, rage, resentment, and the spirit of offense. I'm telling you, man, if you haven't recognized it yet, when that spirit of offense starts to come into you, you tell it where to go. That's not of God, right? Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Bind that thing. Tell it where to go. Return to sender. You don't have to accept every package you get. I mentioned just last week, you know, God is calling us to lift off. He's got more for us. He wants to change perspective in our life. And just like an airline, uh, an airplane, it, it can only carry so much baggage. But it does take resistance for it to lift. Huh? But again, you, you as the passenger on the plane can only carry so much baggage. They'll literally only let you take so much on board. And some of us might complain, well, that's unfair. I want to do this. Or I want to do that. I'm, we're going to Africa soon. I want to bless people in Africa with lots of stuff. But yeah, but you can only take so much baggage. Hey, Dave, we're going to Africa. Yes or no? Come on. Hey, Jeremy, we're going to Africa. Yes or no? We can only take so much. Pastor Morris actually uh, called me up the other day and he's like, you know, they love, the, they love the soccer balls, the basketballs and all that. But you know what they need right now? Because we can buy any of that stuff we get there. They need clothes and certain food. So we're doing that. We're going to fill bins with, with clothes for the people. I guess the stuff that they have is just cheap. It's like rags, even towels. And sometimes it, it, it's not what we want to take. It's what God wants us to take to others. Does that make sense? Come on. It's not what we want to take. It's what God wants us to take to bless others. James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be all quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to getting angry. Ephesians 4.26-27 says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Don't get lit up and lose your love, your joy, your patience, your your, your peace, your kindness, goodness, and your self-control. You see, it's in the spirit that keeps you seasoned with salt. It's in the spirit that will keep us seasoned with salt. Verse 16 in Matthew 5, which we just read, says, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify not you, but your Father in heaven. I think God doesn't get enough credit. Isn't that true? I don't think we give him enough credit. I think we give the devil way too much credit. Oh, the devil made me do this. The devil's coming at me. The devil's attacking me. My wife won't even let me say that word attack anymore. She says, we're not being attacked. We're advancing. It's all a matter of perspective. 
Otherwise, you're always on the defense. Always on the defense. No, 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 no. It's not. We're the head, not the tail. We are more than conquerors for him who loves us. He's given us the ground. He's given us the victory. We don't have to fight for it. We fight from it. You with me? Verse 21 said, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. Verse 22, Jesus says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka, which is Aramaic term for contempt, meaning vain, empty, and worthless, is answering, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, like Mr. T, eh? <laughs> Pity the fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Whoa, maybe that's why. Scripture says that life and death are in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat its fruit. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, that your mercies are made new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That if we confess our sins to one another, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and white, our slate is clean and as white as snow. And he won't remember anymore. You'll remember, but he won't. I had a great opportunity to tell somebody about the importance of remembering it gives you wisdom what to do and what to let in, what to say yes to and what to say no to. You still forget, but you remember so you can use wisdom. Does that make sense? So you don't repeat the same thing, the same unhealthy act, the same unhealthy relationship again and again, because you remember based on your past and where you're at and where you want to be in your life and where God is calling the church, this might not be the wise thing to do. You got to love everybody, but you don't let everybody in. Does that make sense? And we don't give up on people. I don't know how many times I got to say it until it's written on the door of our church. We do not give up on people. We give people up to God, right? I, I can only take you so far. If I'm not pointing you to Jesus and pointing you to the word, I'm going to let you down. But I won't give up on you. Most importantly, God will not give up on you. Third and last point is anger can put us out of alignment with God and with others. If you fight anger with anger, you know what it's like? It's like pouring fuel. It's like pouring gas on an already lit fire, right? And it's so, it's so tempting to get sucked in into the emotion, right? Into that misplaced passion, if you would. Hmm, I'm getting worked up. And then we might even use, well, this is a righteous anger to justify what we're doing, Right? doesn't always act righteous. You know a tree by its fruit, right? And if the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, maybe it's not so righteous anger. The battle is mine, saith the Lord. Some, sometimes he just wants his job back. What are you doing? Just love on him. Show grace. Show forgiveness. Yes, you can speak the truth in love. They may not always be willing to hear it, but I'd rather still throw somebody a life preservative I almost said that right. Yeah. <laughs> and catch that and catch the word and most importantly, catch Christ. And in the moment, they might just put it off, but maybe later, maybe they'll think about it. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but the first time I tried to argue with my wife because, you know, in my home, we just spoke loudly <laughs> and her, she didn't. 
but she didn't give me any fuel for the fire. And when you're a few words in and you're not, no one's pouring any fuel on that fire. They're just loving you. Whoo. You'll feel convicted really quick. <laughs> right. Man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> How did I? Oh, forgive me. We need to get control of our emotions before we make our next moves. I just, everywhere I'm reading it in God's word and in other books I'm reading is don't make decisions when you're not at your best. When, if you don't have your emotions intact, don't make a decision right there. Just say, hey, this is a no for now, not forever. Let's come back to this before I regret the decision I'm about to make because I'm not even in the right state of mind right now. That makes sense? No different than when you discipline your children. You got to take control of yourself. You got to do it out of love. I mean, you can't get, if you can't get control of your emotions, now is not the time to make a major decision. Give it a moment. Seek God. Like give it more than even a day. Get some wise godly counsel, right? (laughs) Anyway, here Jesus is actually comparing murder with anger, saying both will put us in the judgment seat. When we start to label our brothers or our sisters as empty or worthless, we are missing God's word. Because that's not who they are. That's not who you are. And sometimes we, we, we actually project the very thing that we reflect. And if you see yourself as empty and worthless, you're going to start projecting that on others. I see that through the same filter. That's why the who is more important than the do. Who has God created you to be? Do you not know that you were made in his very image and his very likeness? And to reflect the character of Christ. Romans 3.23 says, For we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8, But God demonstrated his own love towards us in the, while we're still sinners, while we're still sinning, Christ died for us. Sometimes we got to remember that who we're reaching, that we're no different. We're all battling. We're all struggling. We've all sinned and we all fall short. The difference is we're saved, right? They don't know Jesus yet. The Bible's really clear that they're living and they're trapped in a world of sin, that they're actually blinded. Sometimes we don't understand, how could somebody act that way, say that thing, rip doors off the church? They need Jesus. They're blind. They're, They're trapped in oppression, anger, fear, anxiety. They're a slave to sin. Until, praise God, they receive a relationship with Jesus. And the only Jesus that that guy may ever know is you and me. And I am proud of you guys, by the way. You've done a good job. I think most of the time he's been caught off guard because most of the time he comes in, he gets offered coffee. (laughs) We just got to get him a coffee outside the gate before he gets to the doors. (laughs) Hey, brother, oh, can I bless you with a real big coffee before you go in? The last one costs us a lot. This doesn't cost me a few cents. (laughs) But praise God, you've already been forgiven. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Say he's patient with me. Mm -hmm. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, say everyone to come to repentance. We must never give up on those that need Jesus. We all need Jesus. 
And when I get angry, I ask God for peace and I ask him for wisdom so that I might give grace and truth. Jesus was both. You see, we might not have a problem with showing grace. The hardest can be speaking truth in love. That's where I struggle at times. Man, I can, I can show grace. I've been given so much. I've seen so much stuff that you would not believe. Been through so much stuff. I have no problem giving grace. It's really hard to speak the truth in love. The other thing is learning to look in the mirror. Many times the very thing that upsets us about somebody else is the very thing that we struggle with to some degree in deep inside, like anger. Jesus also said later in Matthew 7, 3 to 5, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? How could you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Verse 5, Jesus says, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to clearly remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Whoa! So just check yourself next time. Not to say that doesn't stop you from speaking the truth in love, but before your emotions get the best of you, maybe that thing that's bothering you, you, it, you struggled with it at some time, and maybe deep down inside, it's trying to come out of you, and that's where that emotional uh, 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 connection is. Or the thing that God wants to show you, hey, why are you getting so worked up about this? You've been saved. You've been set free. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. So what is that? Oh, Lord, help me with this thing that you just revealed to me in my brother. Right? I want to help him, but before I can help him, you need to help me. The Lord says, you need to help yourself. <laughs> you need to forgive yourself. You need to lay it down at the foot of the cross today, right here in this moment. You need to humble yourself under my mighty hand and watch as I lift you up. That makes sense? It, it, you know, it's helped me so much. If, if I get worked up, I'm like, there's probably a plank in my eye right now. Unfortunately, you don't see the plank when you're looking at the speck in your brother's eye. Right? Sometimes it takes the speck to see the plank. Oh, that's worth writing down. Sometimes it takes, and that's a hallelujah moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for revealing that to me right now. Woo, blessed to be insulted, blessed to be corrected. Woo, <laughs> I had a hallelujah moment. I thought I was dealing with a speck. In reality, I'm dealing with a plank. And now I get, oh, can you imagine this? The thought of removing a plank out of your own eye. You will see more clearly. You'll stop looking through that filter of plank everywhere you look. Plank, plank, plank. You see speck and it's a plank, plank, plank. I think a lot of times those specks add up and create a bigger and larger plank if you don't deal with the plank because they're made out of the same material. That's why there's similarity. The speck of sawdust, the plank of wood, it's the same material. But it's so, it seems like it's so much easier to try to deal with your brother's speck instead of dealing with your own plank. Is this still good? Praise God. Thank you. So my question for you is between you and God, what speck are you trying to remove in your brother's eye that has been a plank in your own? Write it down. Write it down. What speck is really a plank? What are those specks you've been trying to deal with? Chances are they're a plank. This could be, I'll throw some out there. This could be lust. It could be anger. It could be pride. It could be insecurity. It could be fear. It could be self-doubt. And I asked my son this morning and, and he 
totally solidified what the Lord had put in my heart. I hadn't even written it down. I said, Logan, is there anything else that you can think of? He said, laziness. Speck and plank. You see that other people are lazy, but maybe there's an area where you're being lazy right now and you're too busy judging someone else. The Lord is saying, wake up, read my word, rejoice, because today is the day the Lord has made. Does that make sense? The enemy is trying to use anger to divide God's army. If that's not in your notes, that's worth writing down. We just removed his tactic. The enemy has and has continued to try to use anger to remove and divide God's army. He knows if he can get in between two generals, right? If he can let anger get in between, that gives him a foothold. I mean, he does pry after the weak, but imagine if he could use a husband and wife. Kids, generations, you with me? Imagine if he could get in the way of the leadership of this church and pastors of the church. It's his tactic. Anger will divide an army. And that's where we get caught up and we lose sight and we start fighting against the very one we should be fighting with and fighting for. The lost, the hurting, the rejected. Thank you. We mustn't be overcome with anxiety and resort to anger. We must come into alignment with God's purpose and plans for the church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church again and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You know, even Peter struggled with anger to the point of uh, cutting off the ear of a soldier that tried to come and take away Jesus to be crucified. That's just one example. Satan tried to sift Peter. He even ran from the cross that Jesus was crucified on. But later Jesus would meet Peter in John 21 and tell him that if Peter loved him to disciple others by what, by how feeding his sheep, taking care of his sheep and feeding, or sorry, feeding his lambs, taking care of his sheep, and then again, feeding the sheep. There's a whole discipleship process there from little children to young men and fathers. It's in first John two. If you look it up, it's, it's very strategic. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, uh, Peter, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Peter, don't, just so take care of them. Feed them. Feed them so they could grow and feed others and, and make other lambs. In verse 18, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. Hmm. Verse 19, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. It seemed like it was the beginning, but it was actually just at the end, but it was just the beginning of Peter's career because Peter himself would go to the cross and be crucified. He went from a coward to a strong believer. And he said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified the way that my savior was crucified crucify me upside down. That's how I know God is real, that he could take someone like Peter that's full of anger and a coward and use him to help build his kingdom to the point of the cross and not run from the cross anymore, but run to the cross. For we each must take up our cross and follow him. Are we willing to lay down our anxiety, our pride and our anger and our way in order to follow the way? It means sacrifice. It means selflessness. 
It means discipleship and gentlemen, it means love. Our takeaway is this. When you are in a battle, don't be stressed. Know that you are already blessed. And the verse I want to lead with, leave with you is actually found in Genesis 12, verse 3. It says, this was spoken to Abram and the same promises on us. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. See, God called us to be a blessing, not just to be blessed. God's got you. He loves you, even your enemies. We're called to love those too. I'm going to leave you with one more verse. Would you stand with me? Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, say tongue, every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness. Their righteousness is from him. I feel like I hit, I don't think it's coincidence. I feel like I hit a nerve this morning. I want you to know, and I hope you always hear my heart, the good news. And the good news is always the gospel. The good news is always Jesus. The good news is that God had a plan from the very beginning. He knew that we would struggle with all these things. The good news is he's already anointed and appointed each and every one of you. And you got to walk in that anointing. You got to receive that anointing. But maybe, maybe if you just be honest with yourself, there's one of these things that you've struggled with that you got to lay before God. Maybe there's a plank that you're having, you need some like surgery on to remove from your eye or from your heart. You know, that just, just give it to God in this moment. You know, the best thing you can do is just invite Jesus in. Where there's light, there cannot be darkness. Invite Jesus into your situation, into your circumstance, into your present and into your future. Paul says in Romans 10, verse 9, that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, there's the power of the tongue. If we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. The power's in the resurrection. And I believe God wants to resurrect something in your life. It could be in a relationship. It could be in a thought pattern. It could be in something that you've been enslaved by, uh, a chain to anger, lust, pride, self-doubt. Let's break those chains today with the name of Christ. And let's just pray together. Let's invite God into our situation so that we can be the bold men that he's called us to be, so we can be, go out there and be examples of God's love and his grace and that we can stay salty, <laughs> not lose that saltiness. Would you just pray with me? Just close your eyes, bow your head, say, Dear Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready to walk with you. I'm ready to talk with you. I'm ready to listen to you. And I'm ready to be moved by you. You see, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and for the sinner's sins. That's me. I believe that you rose from the grave three days later. You come into my heart. Be Lord over my life. Lead me, guide me, and direct me from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. I just stay in the moment if you would. Eyes closed, head bowed in the moment. You know, my first question for you is, is always for you, is to reveal the evidence of, of God speaking to you through his word. And, and if he spoke to you today, and it was relevant to you today, to what you've been through, going through, or called to, just put up your hand right now. That's for God, for you and God. He's speaking to us, man. All of us in the house. 
And the next is this. If, if you rededicated your life or gave your life to the Lord for the first time ever, I want you to do me a favor. On the count of three, just put up your hand. One, two, three, let's go. Back to Jesus, let's go. Praise the Lord. And if that's you online, if, if you're watching, listening, whatever, give me an emoji, a thumb up emoji, private message me. Love to hear from you, love to pray for you. We're gonna to continue to worship God and, and be obedient in our walk with him and discipleship that we're called into baptism. The word baptism means to be fully immersed, to be all in. It also represents that when Christ went to the grave and when he was resurrected out of the grave. In Romans, it says, when you go into the water, you're buried with Christ. When you come up out of the water, you're resurrected with Christ. It sounds so simple, yet it's so powerful. And if you feel called and led to come forward and be baptized in this moment, just come forward. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Let's step into this season. Let's step into this new year. Letting go of anger. Come on. Letting go of fear. Seeing through the eyes and the lens of Christ and loving our neighbors just as Christ loved us. Let's worship God. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.